Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Following these guidelines equates to using APA in your writing. Welcome to WriteCast, a casual conversation for serious writers, a monthly podcast by the Walden University Writing Center. I'm Claire Helikoski. And I'm Casey Walls. In our last episode, we talked about using APA in assignments that don't clearly follow the rules of traditional scholarly research papers. Today, we're going to build on that a little bit. Students and instructors, let's be honest, often use the phrase follow APA rules without acknowledging that there are two different pieces behind that one instruction. So let's say you're instructed to write a reflection paper and the prompt tells you to follow APA rules. If this reflection paper is entirely based on your personal thoughts and experiences, you might not need to cite any outside sources, which would mean you also won't have a reference list. In this situation, the APA rules you're being told to follow are rules on style rather than on formatting. And by style, we mean things like phrasing and grammar rather than citations, margins, and references. So unlike citing and references, when we talk about APA style rules, we're generally talking about guidelines rather than imperatives since lots of different situations can come up in our individual writing. And we know that the lack of imperatives or of concrete rules can be frustrating to hear about. But ultimately, this acknowledges your ability to determine when the guidelines should be followed and when they should not. A well-known example, which may or may not be based on historical fact, deals with some comments Winston Churchill received on a speech he was preparing. Churchill ended a sentence with, A preposition. And (laughs) his speech editor pointed this out as a grammatical don't. As the story goes, Churchill returned the draft and added the comment, this is precisely the kind of pedantry up with which I will not put. (laughs) His point being that sometimes these rules should be broken. Yeah, I used to tell my students, if you feel like you're doing a bunch of linguistic gymnastics in order to follow a form or style rule, you probably don't need to follow it. Hopefully, as we talk through some of these guidelines, this seeming tangent will make a bit more sense. Right. So we'll go over a few APA style rules that come up often. One rule that tends to cause a lot of panic is don't use passive voice. Generally speaking, your writing will be clearer if the subject of your sentence is the thing doing the action rather than being acted upon. So in other words, Casey threw the ball is more direct and specific than the ball was thrown because I don't know who threw the ball. Right. And I find myself using passive voice a lot in my own writing, which I guess means maybe I think in passive voice. (laughs) I don't think that's uncommon. Uh, I personally don't use passive voice much, but I think it's one of those things that AP English classes kind of rooted (laughs) out of my writing style. But I do see it a lot, especially when we're talking about research. Mm -hmm. And that said, in some cases, even APA says that passive voice can work as long as the ideas are clear and the readers can tell who is doing the action. I usually see passive voice in areas where the writer's trying to avoid I which, contrary to common belief, is not against APA style. Another instance where I think writers are trying to avoid I and end up creating confusion is in statements like, the research found X. So technically, that's calling
called anthropomorphism, and that's something APA style does. And that's something APA style does advise against. Anthropomorphism is a fancy way of saying you've given human-like abilities to an inanimate object or a concept. Some of the most common examples are this paper argues, the assessment explained. So in that case, if you did the research, you should just use I. I found X. And there are cases where you can use the phrasing that is technically in literary term sense anthropomorphism that are totally fine in APA, such as the results suggest. The results, which are a concept, can't actually suggest anything since they aren't human, right? But this phrasing is so common in academic writing that it's an okay usage of anthropomorphism. Section 4.11 in the manual talks about this a little bit more if you'd like some more information. And our webpage on anthropomorphism has some examples of words you can use that avoid confusion for readers and are acceptable in APA style. All right, final rule we're going to talk about has to do with numbers that appear in writing. And this one can get tricky. As a basic starting point, you can remember to spell out any number under 10 and use decimals to represent numbers 10 and higher. But of course there are exceptions. <laughs> For example, anytime you begin a sentence, title, or heading with a number, that number should be spelled out as a word. And common fractions like three-fourths or half or one-quarter should also be spelled out as words. Alternatively, you should use decimals for numbers that represent time, a measurement, or when providing exact sums of money. Numbers that represent placement in a series, like chapter three, and numbers used in a mathematical expression should also be written as decimals. And if you're talking about a specific score or a number that represents a specific point on a scale, you should use decimals. I'll say that I personally can never remember the number rules, <laughs> so I always pop open my APA manual to double check. And we have, they have a great website, APA does, and the Writing Center has web pages and modules on these APA style rules beyond just citing and references. Following these guidelines equates to using APA in your writing. So even if you haven't used a single source in your paper, or you're writing something that should not contain traditional APA citations and references, you can still follow APA rules. We hope this has been helpful. And that we haven't made things more confusing. For more information and or clarification about different APA guidelines, check out our website. And until next time, keep writing. Inspiring. WriteCast is a monthly podcast produced by the Walden University Writing Center. Visit our online writing center at academicguides.waldenu.edu/writingcenter. Find more WriteCast episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast app. We would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our blog and at writing support at waldenu.edu. Thanks for listening.